West Automotive Group presents Auto Talk Radio with host Brian Bowersock and co-host Kevin Bowersock. Today's show is brought to you by West Escondido, West El Cajon, West Kearney Mesa, and West Miramar Automotive and Transmission. All part of the West Automotive Group. Get your automotive questions answered. Call Brian and Kevin at 1-888-344-1170. That's 1-888-344-1170. Now, here's your Auto Talk host, Brian Bowersock. All right, folks. Welcome to Auto Talk Radio this morning. We appreciate you joining us. Hey, I think this is the last last uh, Saturday in September, isn't it, Kevin? <laughs> you know what? I haven't even looked at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I was just thinking about that. Uh, today is uh, uh, definitely uh, the 25th of uh, September, and uh, we appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, as the announcement said, give us a call here with anything automotive-related, and we're happy to talk to you about it. one 888 That's 888 um, What are we talking about today? That's a good question. Oh. Cars. Cars, yeah. We're mm. talking about cars and trucks and all the good things that go along with them. How tune-ups have changed uh, and how it relates to your vehicle is one of the things we're actually talking about. Uh, yeah. Do they, I mean, honestly, do they even consider, like, a, like a, say, 2021 coming out, do they consider a tune-up on a car anymore? Not really. I well, say, I don't know. They I have guess, intervals of replacing plugs or well, replacing spark, this. That, that is about the only tune-up component that you replace on a car anymore. Well, that's why I was getting at this because I, I was like, they don't really. It, it used to be like every thirty thousand miles, you should come in for you know plug wires, blah blah blah. But now they don't really. It, it lasts a lot longer. Well, yeah, the plugs are made better, and for most cars, there are still Chrysler's gone back to as you know. Uh, a lot of times they're using copper uh, plugs in theirs, which is every thirty still, and some of those some of those motors. Uh, uh, have a, um, you know, like um, some of the V8s have 16 spark plugs in them, two two per cylinder. So there's all kinds of fun stuff going on out there. But for the most part, the only thing you replace is the plugs. Almost everything sets coil over. Sometimes you replace the little plug boots, which would be called the spark plug wire now, but it's like uh, six inches long. You know, it's just a rubber boot that goes between the coil that goes on top of the spark plug and the spark plug. Most plugs in cars, like you said, are either platinum or iridium or, you know, double platinum. And they last 90 to 110,000 miles in there somewhere. Uh, that's 105 or 10 is about the most I think you're supposed to run one of those. That's quite a bit of mileage. Well, sometimes you even take them out and then things even look good. It's true. True. But uh, you run long enough and you'll end up with a misfire. That's oh, they the will sh- break down sooner or later. They do. They do. So, and that's what we're trying to prevent always, you know, because uh, having misfires causes other problems with cars. You see them driving around and issues here and there and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, just just items to uh, definitely uh, talk about. But uh, tune-up, uh, properly speaking, no, no longer exists, I'd have to say. Uh, traditionally, it included checking all of the ignition components, such as distributor cap points, plugs, wires, points. Remember that? I just was laughing. You remember the days of charging up the condenser and throwing it at somebody and it would release the charge? <laughs> yeah. We used to take a, um, we used to do that a lot. Fun stuff. <laughs> um, probably not the best thing to do to somebody with a heart condition no. or something. But, you know, if you take a, a condenser and you take a spark plug and you 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 crank the car, over, spark plug wire, and you crank the car over and, and let it shock the condenser, 
it, it would charge up. And then when you threw it to somebody and they grabbed the wire and the and the body of the condenser, it would release the voltage. That's what condenser does. But it, it wasn't that it. high of amperage back then, not compared to what cars put out amperage wise now. No, no. But it still would uh, it would it would let you know you're awake, right? Yes. It'd wake you right up. There's no question about it. So um but we we don't uh, m- most technicians these days, especially uh, younger guys, if you say points of condenser, they look at you with this weird stare. Yeah, that that that's that's been gone for a long time. Yeah, we did. We went to electronic ignition. What in the seventies? Yeah, a long time ago. And you know that's so people and and a little off here, but people ask me all the time, like, like what what's going to happen to the automotive world when we go to like all electric cars? And I said, well, the same thing that's going now and same thing that's happened before, the same uh, – some people will leave the business because they don't stay in the curve and some people will, will catch on and, and, and move forward with the business as far as, um, you know, everything and, and stay attuned to it. Uh, the cars will – no matter what their power plants are, will always need some kind of service repair and maintenance, no question about it. Um, but it's just the point that I was going to make. It's like in, in, in the sixties or seventies and seventies and early eighties. Remember when we went from carburetor to fuel injection and everybody was like, Oh, you know, a lot of people were like, Oh, no, I don't want to work on that stuff. I don't know. I thought it was sweet when we went to that. (laughs) Each step along the way is, uh, been, uh, a good one, a good, yeah, I, I think, well, some things we did. Well, there's a few things, but they were trying to make things better when they were. We went from a carburetor to a variable Venturi. That was an interesting thing to be working on. Remember those, the Ford variable Venturis? Yep. Those were not easy to work on. Well, there on. was a few cars that came out in, like, what, the 50s or 60s that actually had mechanical fuel injection on them. <laughs> them, didn't, them didn't work out. Because the mechanical fuel injection was was kind of like a carburetor. I mean, to a point that you had to maintain it like a carburetor, not like fuel injection. Or, you know, the today's fuel injection where you're... You were always adjusting it, had to dial it in, make it right. Yeah, to, you know, it didn't, uh, j- just like uh, uh, carburetors, though, which carburetors were part of a tune-up. You had to adjust them, uh, often set the air-fuel ratio, the mixture, the, you know, the, we were always doing something to get them correct, right? Yes. So uh, there was a lot to be maintained when it came to maintenance uh, of the ignition system and tuning the vehicle up on a regular basis and like kevin said usually around thirty thousand miles which we click off thirty thousand miles and like you know folks do in two years regularly i don't even think it's two years anymore well it depends on what they're doing as far as work and how far i mean honestly if you go on a couple trips i mean they're not very far i mean if you went to utah a couple times and in a year, and then do normal back and forth. You might have twenty, twenty-five thousand miles on your car. I mean, and Utah is not that far away from here. Yeah, well, just, I was just picking that place just because you know it's just a quick jaunt across the desert. You know what I mean? Well, it's but not it's, a quick it's, jaunt. I mean, you know what I mean. Though. Going up to Salt Lake, you're probably going to drive for eight hours. <laughs> it's but that's what I'm saying. Drive. If you did a couple trips, like, and it's not that far, and you did a couple, it don't take long to put twenty, twenty-five thousand miles on a car anymore. Correct. Just Most boom. people on average run around fifteen thousand to eighteen thousand a year. That's average. That's probably just going back and forth to work, though. Just dropping the kids off at school, kind of. I don't know. I'm just saying, on average, that's what most people's cars. There are some people that drive twenty-five, thirty thousand miles a year, but they're not the norm. That's for sure. No, we, and traveling salesmen aren't like they used to be in any way, so you don't see the mileage on a car like that no, anymore. No, everybody sits at their home computer now and does all their work. Yep. So, 
one of those things, not everybody, obviously, there's a lot of us that can't work from home. Be hard to work on a car at home or multiple cars at home. For an older person, it would without a hoist, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm not big on crawling around on the ground at all. So, um, as I used to when I was a younger feller, right. I was fine with that. I'm not so fine with that anymore. I'm not doing that no more. So, um, but uh, so yeah, back to, I mean, the things that have changed along the way. And like we were talking, some for the better, you know. So, we went from carburetors to variable venturis, they didn't work very well. Uh, and they had some mechanical fuel injection, but I think they had mechanical fuel injection in the fifties. They might have. I don't. Re- yeah. I just. Yeah. I know it was around for a while. It just never got used because it was a very. Uh, it was very uh, needy. Mm-hmm. How about that? Well, they, well, <laughs> as, as with car, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they. Uh, I do know they used some of that uh, mechanical injection stuff for some of the race boats and things like that too. But they could dial it in right before the race, and then it ran well. And then yeah, that's yeah. something different, anyways. Because even on even on newer trucks, and even with the new race trucks and stuff out in the desert and stuff, even when they're running computers and stuff, they still so they still what still have to adjust them. Yes, <laughs> different things on them. But uh, they're obviously uh, running the vehicle in a way that. Uh, you don't when you're on the street. So regardless of that, the fact that so many things and changes have come along, and that's where I was going with this. People talk about electric cars that mostly for the better. You know, people say cars are very difficult today. Well, they, they are if you don't have the equipment or the knowledge to work on them for sure. Um, but if you do, cars uh, today have a lot more advantages than they did like in the 80s. Uh, when computers, and we started controlling everything with a computer, uh, which was mostly emissions and fuel control they were trying to control with a computer initially, uh, you know, in the 80s. Um, The diagnostic techniques were quite rudimentary, for sure. So um, it took a lot of time, a lot of pen testing, checking voltages and and resistances and all kinds of great things that uh, to determine where the failure was or what was failing. Um, the best you could get out of a check engine light then was uh, like with GM, you put the little probe in and it flash out the codes. <laughs> Remember that? I know. I, I still have one of those tools somewhere where you would just put it in the the the, the, the GM's first or the second diagnostic. Yeah, it's hang, it's on my key ring to 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 my roller cabinet. <laughs> yeah, we just shove it in there and get the this and blink start light flashing out. Yeah, those were the good old days, man. And if you didn't count right, you had to start all over because you're like, I don't think I counted right. And you know what? Normally, even if you did count right, you always counted again just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. In today's technology where um, we have bilateral controls and everything else, we can actually sit and uh, with a car plugged in and, and uh, um, to the right diagnostic equipment. And, you know, a lot of times we use laptops and software and different things depending on the car or whatever kind of scanner we're using. And you can you can test things on a vehicle. You can operate them, such as run the EVAP system test. You know, you can all kinds of things, right? Yeah. So, I mean, even with Bluetooth, you don't have to have the wire no more neither. So it's easier. You know, you plug in. You can you could always take the scanner to the front thing, but now it's just much easier. You can walk over there and tap on the sensor while you're testing it. Whatever, it just makes things easier. There's a lot of things you can do, and and uh, like I said, uh, it just makes I think life has gotten a lot easier when it comes to that. But the point to that is everything's always changing. So 
Um, and when I say it's easier, that's only because if you have the information and you know what you're doing, it, 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 it's easier now. Um, there's not so much pen testing. There's not so much uh, uh, breaking out sensors from the system, et cetera. Life is, uh, there's a lot more data available. And if you know what you're doing, you can uh, uh, work through it. And uh, just seems to me like a, a better system. Everything's better, even the engines. I mean, look, 200,000 miles in an engine is nothing anymore. 200,000 in an engine in 1970? It did most of them, 100,000. That didn't normally happen. <laughs> yeah, 100,000 was, was, was the max, so for sure. All right, folks, one 1170 Give us a call here if you have anything automotive-related. Today we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, how tune-ups relate to vehicles and, and items like that. We're kind of doing a little sidebar about the fact uh, how uh, – um, vehicles are changing and questions people have about, you know, what's going to happen is, uh, as vehicles uh, become all electric. I personally do not believe that vehicles will become all electric. Um, all, all vehicles. I, I, I know that they, there was a lot law signed into California about that. When is it? 2035 or something. I don't know, 2034 or something like that. I don't, I, don't I, don't rem- I don't remember what the date was, but I remember it was like 15 years or 20 years. 15 years maybe. Or something after that, they signed it in that it would be all electric. Well, that they will only sell all electric. You don't have to get rid of your car at that point. Well, this is the weird thing, though. Even if you're a total environmentalist, or, or you know what I mean, there, something's got to be gasoline. I mean, it's or, or you know what I mean, just remotely construction, or so, I, I just I don't see how they can make everything go that way. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well. Well, there's there's also uh, um, different things that have to do with uh, how electricity is produced and stuff. We can chat about that. Um, we're going to have to take our break here in just a second, but uh, um, we can definitely chat about that if we decide we want to. Um, give us a call here, one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. That's eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Anything automotive related you want to talk about? Um, we're going to take our first break here, real quick. You're listening to, to Auto Talk Radio on the Answer San Diego and K Praise. We'll be right back after these messages. There's more Auto Talk education and empowerment on the way here on Auto Talk Radio. Get on the line and get your automotive questions answered by the Auto Man here on Auto Talk Radio. Brian Bowersock, 888-344-1170. Now, here's more Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. All right, folks, welcome back to Auto Talk Radio. Kevin, stop messing with the mic. It was loose. <laughs> Your mic was loose. <laughs> I went this position and then just... <laughs> loose mic. <laughs> it dropped down <laughs> on you. All all the way down. Anyway, all right, folks, give us a call here. one 888 888-344-1170. Do you want to remind folks, Auto Talk Radio is brought to you by the West Automotive Group, which consists of West Escondido Automotive and Transmission at 2200 Auto Parkway in Escondido. AAA approved and star certified for 28 years, taking care of folks up there in North County. Along with West El Cajon Automotive and Transmission at 844 North Johnson Avenue in El Cajon. AAA approved and smog certified, taking care of folks out there in East County for over eight years. 
and West Kearney Mesa Automotive and Transmission, 8027 Balboa Avenue, right in central San Diego over there. I've taken care of folks for over four years, AAA approved and smog certified. And last but not least, West Miramar Automotive and Transmission, 5726 Miramar Road, right here in the Golden Triangle. Uh, AAA approved and star certified for smog, taking care of folks uh, um, over there for over two years now. Time flies when you're having fun, huh? Sure. All four of those. That, <laughs> sure. All four of those locations are part of the West Automotive Group, of course. And all of us at the West Automotive Group, me, myself, and my employees, come together to bring you Auto Talk Radio, as we all believe in the same philosophy, and that is we never put money ahead of people. Very important to us. Stop in to have your vehicle service to repair and find out what quality automotive service and repair is all about. Uh, the West Automotive Group is proud to offer six months no interest for your vehicle service and repair needs on approved credit. Uh, we use this a lot to help folks out. You can put uh, repairs on on one of these cards uh, from us, and every every time you use it, you can use the six months, and uh, it saves you from having to come up with uh, money right away, and it doesn't put it on your other cards, and it's just a good thing to do. And like I said, six months paid off, there's no interest. Uh, It's a nice breather for folks, so that's why we offer it. Uh, You can also uh, get in and take advantage of our CertiCare transmission diagnosis along with our free shuttle rides to or from work or home and low-cost rental vehicles at all four locations available. Um, Yes, if you think you're having a a transmission problem, get in um, and let us diagnose it or at least give you a second opinion. Uh, We get uh, a lot of vehicles that folks think need a transmission and it's not a transmission. Um, it's something else causing the feeling. So um, we like to uh, make sure and verify, and we want to make sure that you're not throwing parts at a vehicle. As I often tell folks, the best money spent is the money you spend on a on a qualified diagnosis at a quality facility with a uh, certified technician. So um, that's uh, why we go through these steps to make sure, um, and often it saves you a ton of money. So one just one of those things. Um you can also go to westautomotivegroup.com and you can make appointments, check us out, etc. That's westautomotivegroup.com. But you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram by going to westautomotivegroup.com and right there. You can also click on the Automan uh, uh, segments where it takes you to our uh, YouTube page and you can see all the Automan segments. Uh, I am the Automan on Fox 5 and the CW uh, and you can uh, check those out and uh, we get they get posted each week as they're on the news. So if you miss it... Um, you can go there and check them out. <coughs> Sneeze. <Delicious. laughs> um, then also, you can also click on Auto Talk Radio where we podcast all of uh, our uh, Auto Talk segments there also uh, on our little YouTube channel. So, um, not YouTube, that's a podcast ch- uh, page. But, uh, and you can also, if you want to pick up the podcast anytime, you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora. Deezer, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, radio.com, and tune in. And you can pick up uh, the podcast there. Just put in the answer San Diego 1170, and it'll bring up and click on Auto Talk, and all the podcasts are right there for downloading too. So, all kinds of great places as far as that goes. Um, but uh, just go to westautomotivegroup.com if you uh, want to check everything out. And you can do so from there. And like I said, make appointments for all locations, et cetera. You can also email me anytime at autotalk at westautomotorgroup.com. That's autotalk at westautomotorgroup.com. For any questions or anything that you have, just give us a shout, right? Yep. All right. So 
1-888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Anything automotive related, give us a shout. We'll talk to you about it. So we're talking today about... Uh, uh, Tune-ups. Yeah. I'm we still trying to open my email here. <laughs> you should print these things out like I do. <laughs> well, it's not like I really need to look at it. I just... Well, I do. You never know. Then you know what we're talking about. Well, I try to stay on top of the game. That's why I try to look at it. But sometimes my phone just says, nope, it ain't happening today. Yeah, one of those things. <laughs> um. So, yeah, initially, like we were talking in the 60s and 70s, distributor caps, uh, plug wires, spark plugs, 30,000 miles. I mean, that's when they needed to be replaced. They broke down. They wore out. They had issues. Um, points and condenser prior to that used to set the points all the time. Do you remember doing that? Yeah. Yeah, fun stuff. You know what? Because I remember when I moved back to California, we're working on bugs again, and I had to relearn how to, I mean, not relearn how to, but it would have been a while since i seen, you know, a few years since i seen points. <laughs> well, we were in high school in the 80s, so um, most cars had gone to electronic ignition, but there were still quite a few cars running around that had points. So I can say the car work. I was driving back and forth to school had points in it. driving back and forth? That 71 Ford pickup truck. Oh, well, didn't you have a Pinto at first? Yeah, that one had electronic ignition. I had that one for like a month. Yeah, you crashed it. Some lady pulled out in front of me. I was oh. doing like 35 mile hour. She just comes straight out of a parking lot. That does happen. T-bone. Ding. The Pinto was no more, was it? Oh, that was a fun car, too. Yeah. <laughs> you got the car. that Dad brought that car brand new from Ford. That was in the gas crunch when he bought that. That's when he sold his Blazer, this 35 or 38-inch mudder tires. Yeah. He bought a Pinto. That was a good idea. Saving money. Well, he tried riding his motorcycle back and forth to work. He didn't like that. No. Wasn't much fun. Huh? Well, no, he worked downtown, though, so I'm not sure I'm going to be running around downtown on the motorcycle all the time, neither. So, Very true. So on newer engines, even, so, you know, back then, then you'd set the, so the points condenser, then you had to set the timing, and you, you set the idle, and then all that, I mean... All of this uh, came in, and, and there was procedures for doing so, and adjust the air-fuel ratio and all the... Boy, there was a lot to do. Huh. Yeah. So lots of things that uh, did. Well, I was thinking, you know, back in the day, putting head guessing on a car, you spent more time getting that car... Once you got everything back together, you spent more time adjusting everything to get it to run right than you did actually doing everything. Now, now with the computers and everything, you get everything bolted back together, it kind of resets itself. Correct. Correct. So... And uh, sticking with the fact of, of the change of this, and like we were talking about electric cars too, but you, you one, one of the things, and, and before we went to break, I was going to mention this when we came back. You you talk about electric cars and environmentally friendly, and yes, you do change some aspects, but uh, um, there's still a lot of things on full electric cars are not. So it's funny because uh, plugging a car into the wall that electricity has to come from somewhere. Most of it comes from the burning of natural gas to produce it. <laughs> I was going to say coal. <laughs> well, we don't have a lot of coal plants well, the, anymore. But We're running out of coal. That's I don't know that's true. Well, either. I shouldn't say we're running out, but this, well, at least the spots that I've seen when we were kids, they're not, there's they're less, not mining around any there, of that property anymore. There's less coal mines, that's for yes. sure. I will give you that. And things like strip mining kind of destroys the land. But then they started years ago. Even I mean, we grew up in Ohio, and they did a lot of strip mining in southern Ohio. But um, 
in the beginning when they were strip mining, they just leave it and look terrible. Yeah, but then they start reclaiming the land, and what they do is they grade it out and, and grass and trees. They plant stuff, and then you know it grew back. I mean, it did. So I was gonna say, do you remember the old ones where they didn't even clever the the caverns where they just leave them wide open and leave oh, all yeah. their old equipment there? When we were kids, we could go down. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's a lot, lot, lot of that then. So then, then environmentally, they decided that wasn't nice. So they started cleaning all that stuff up when they were done. They had to. So, which, uh, you know, um, makes a big thing. Well, I was up in Idaho on a ride. There was a uh, in there, and we came across uh, it. They turned it into a museum, but one of the largest gold drudges was there. And when they got done, they just left it there. All the equipment's just sitting there rusting. Well, it's just one big drudge. This thing is humongous. Oh, is it? it was okay. a gold drudge. With these big buckets on it, and the history was all there, but they turned it into a museum. Oh, okay. But but it was left there originally in nineteen, I don't know, during the gold rush well, times. It's, it's or, too expensive to move it at that point. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was going to say to get it out of there would have been something else, but it, it was humongous. But it, it was kind of cool to see. But for the most part, there's stuff left all over the place in this world. Oh yeah. You know, it was one of those things. All right, folks, give us a call one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. That's eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Um, so yeah, no matter what, as times change and and we know cars have changed, that's one of the things that we're talking about, you know, tune-ups, do they exist? And we, we really shot to the top in the beginning and started saying, Hey, you know, pretty much we replace spark plugs. There are some filters you need to check, obviously if a car, but now even there's several cars that don't have replaceable fuel filters, huh? They're in the tank. My truck doesn't have one. My big truck. It's part of the fuel pump. Yes. And when it goes south. We go south. You got to do what? Replace it. What? That's a given. How do you get to it? To I got to take the. I got either take the bed of the truck off, or I got to take the fuel tank off. That's it. out. Yeah, exactly. One of the, one of the two. So, the, I so. will say one thing though. I try not to go below a quarter tank of gas in my in my vehicles, just because the fuel does help lubricate the pump. So, well, not only that, it cools the pump too. Yes, too. The that, gas that, in the tank, the electric fuel pump suspended in the tank, is, and when you keep it uh, submerged underneath. Over the fuel pump, it helps keep the fuel pump cool and will extend the life of the pump for sure. And normally I can get two two 250,000 miles out of electric fuel pump that way. Correct. People that run them low all the time and putting $5 of fuel in their car, they're the ones that end up buying fuel pumps usually. Because it runs hot. It, it doesn't cool it. It doesn't, Correct. It, it doesn't lubricate what, it. It doesn't, you know, I mean, there's a hundred things that the fuel is doing. It wears it out. Where's it out for sure? All right, folks, 1-888-344-1170, 888-344-1170. Anything automotive-related, give us a shout. You're listening to Auto Talk Radio on The Answer San Diego and K-Praise. We'll be right back after these messages. There's more Auto Talk education and empowerment on the way here on Auto Talk Radio. Get on the line and get your automotive questions answered by the Auto Man here on Auto Talk Radio. Brian Bowersock, 888-344-1170. Now, here's more Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Auto Talk Radio. Everybody out there sleeping this morning. I do want to remind you, Auto Talk Radio is brought to you by 
Interstate batteries, a battery for every need. Interstate batteries are the highest quality batteries out there. We do not stock nor sell any other battery at the West Automotive Group for one simple reason. Interstate batteries are the highest quality batteries out there. They're also the number one uh, uh, recommended battery uh, by technicians worldwide. So if you need a battery for your vehicle, hop on westautomotivegroup.com. We'll get you an interstate installed. You can make an appointment. We'll get you an interstate installed in your vehicle. If you need a battery for any other need, check them out at their storefronts, 9345 Cabot Drive in Miramar or in La Mesa at 70th and University. Interstate battery, a battery for every need. They are the right battery, are they not, Kevin? Yes. Okay. That's what I got in my car. Say, really? It's <laughs> the only thing. I've been, that's what I got in all my motorcycles, too. Interstate batteries. Good stuff. Good stuff. For sure. Okay, so we're talking about tune-ups and everything else, and we kind of talked about this uh, sliding into all-electric cars uh, someday. I got to be honest with you, we'll probably be retired. I mean, I'll be like 77 years old when that law comes into effect. So You know, I think there's a uh, – I, I, I mean, certain things electric would I mean, probably be good. I mean, everything has its – I mean, there's times where I, I think that – if we had one gasoline car and one electric car, we could do fine in our family that way, too. You know what I'm saying? If you're just using one to run back and forth to work in, electric's fine. But it does still cause environmental damage. It's not like it's perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you still have to put tires on the car. You still have to make batteries for the car. It's got to have electricity produced somewhere to charge the batteries. I mean, so, you know, there's all... There's going to be things that need to be fixed, yes. always. And if I thought it was a foolproof way, I mean, don't get me wrong, and we all like the environment, too. If I thought it was foolproof that we went this way, but it's not foolproof. It's just a different... Well, computers are all electric, you know, like your computer, desk computer or whatever, computers. You always got to be fixing those, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't bounce down the road. Uh, well, they don't like to get hot, neither. <laughs> Servers do not like to run warm, do they? No. <laughs> no, no. No, in cars, so we have to build cars. I don't care if they're electric or whatever. That they put up with extreme heat, extreme cold, right? Yes. All these different things that go along with a car. Um, and it bounces down the road and jiggles and, and hits potholes and all these things. It's truly amazing that cars don't have more problems than they do with all the computers and stuff we put on them, right? Yes. So just one of those things that, uh, 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 you know, I, you, when you look at it and think about it, it's like putting wheels on your. How long would your your computer under your desk last if you put wheels on it, start dragging it down the road with a cord or something? Not very long. Just like you know that grade on the ten, like when you're leaving, like Palm Springs up the thing where it says turn off your AC and all stuff to keep your car cool. Well, when people pass me on that hill doing like 110, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't even want to walk up this hill alone. I'm thinking what my car is going through when I'm smashing the throttle on it trying to. Yeah, pe- people, car, cars are amazing what they actually go through and, and cars and trucks and vehicles um, without braking. Exactly. It amazes me, you know, sometimes. So, um, and things that we see on vehicles and things that happen and people, you know, but but ignorance is bliss, I think, because I know, like, <laughs> if, if I hear a car and somebody's driving, it's like making a weird noise and they know nothing about cars. Here's my thought: Like, they'll they could probably drive that for quite a while doing that. Now, if my car made that noise and I knew what it was right away, it would break like right away. That's that that's just how things work because I would know better than to be driving it like that, right? Other people they don't know better; they just keep on driving. I mean, how many times does a car go by you and you go, "Oh mercy"? 
How many times have I driven someone's car and I was like, um, that's the noise you want. No, 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 that one's been banking it forever. Oh, so that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah, I'd be worried about that. I'm going to be honest with you. I think your wheel's about to fall that's off. That's a wheel bearing and that's a bad, bad noise. No, that's not that noise. It's the squeak in the dash I'm worried about. Yeah. Well, it doesn't work that way. Uh, for us, once we hear it, it can't be unheard. Is that correct? Exactly. Once you see it, <laughs> it can't be unseen. So it is what it is. So anyway, one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. We're here to talk about anything automotive related. All right, let's grab uh, Dan and Poway. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Doing okay. What you got going on? I had a question. Um, it's been a while since I had to have a car smogged. Sure. And I just had it. Got to notice, and it says they have to go to a star station versus a regular smog. And I just wondered the difference there, and do they do a more involved test at a star station versus regular smog? No, it's the same exact test, to be honest with you. Um, so the state, uh, um, the best way to put this, so the, the state before, we, we've had all, we've gone through all different changes with the smog program, obviously. Um, and what they have now is just, Smog test and repair stations. They have smog test only stations, and then they have uh, uh, smog uh, 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 star stations, which are qualified to um, certify any vehicle. Star stations are pretty much, and that's why it says a star required. Um, it's just a state kind of controlling data. You have to to be a star station. You have to have a specific report card. Your technicians and the shop does. Um, on 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 smogging cars properly and diagnosing cars properly and repairs and all that um, to stay star certified. So they send certain cars to star stations just to know. I guess the best answer is that they're being tested properly, inspected properly. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. So and that that's why. But uh, yeah, so in and actually, out of the West Automotive Group, two of our facilities are star. Um, Escondido yeah. and then Miramar, and the other two are just test and repair. Um, the other thing is, uh, um, the reason our other two are only test and repair is that you have to have um, a bar ninety seven machine, and maybe this is going a little the one with the dyno, the older one, to be uh-huh. a star station. Whereas our our our, our uh, Kearney Mason El Cajon location, we don't have dot, that machine there, so we can only test two thousand and newer vehicles. Um, so therefore, uh, you, we can't be a star station at those locations unless we put in the, in, the, in the the machine, the older machine with the dyno is very expensive. So we elected to not not do that at those two locations. I see. That makes sense. So so yeah. really, just need to find a star station and, and go to. But yeah, that's kind of the difference in a nutshell. Does that oh, answer answer your question? It, yeah, it does. It does. Can I ask one more question? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm a an older folk from the. The uh, cars, when, you know, in the 60s, the muscle cars and stuff like that. Yes, sir. Nowadays, when you open the hood of a car, it's a, just a big, looks like a big plastic. <laughs> plastic. And, you know, you don't see the engine. Do those things provide any function other than maybe just keeping dirt off the engine? Uh, the covers, just to make it look pretty. <laughs> I in all I, I, I mean for the most part they really don't do anything. They do a little bit for noise. Some yeah, it, I was going to say some some of those big covers have a little bit of foam on the underside of them so they they do keep some of the noise like out of the cabin. They can deaden some of the noise oh, but yeah. but uh, for them I mean if you were to take it off the vehicle would it cause it to run any different? Absolutely not. 
So uh, you might get a little more engine noise inside. But other than that, that's about the only function that they provide. Yeah. I'm used to seeing the, all the detail of the engine and the, you know, that stuff. But now it's like. Well, and nowadays, I mean, you, what you would see, you take that off anyway, and I'm sure, yes, you know, like a big plastic intake and maybe some fuel injectors, and so, you know, everything yeah. looks so much different from what it right, used yeah. to. It, you know, or carburetors. Right? Yeah, cr- <laughs> yeah, you won't find one of those on any cars uh, <laughs> yeah, on those cars yeah. today. So. Not, not nowadays, for sure. Correct, yeah. correct. But yeah, that that just kind of that's what it's there for. All right. Hey, Dan, we appreciate your calls and your questions, and thank you for listening. Yeah, no problem. Enjoy it. Enjoy your show. Thanks. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful, safe weekend. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So, but good question. What are those all there for? Are they important? The covers? Well, I mean. No. Yeah, yeah just no. Just for sound deadening. I mean, some of them. Yes, correct. Other I mean, ones put... are just for, some of them are just plastic with nothing on them, and they're just there. Yeah. To, it makes it look nice. I can tell you this, though. The manufacturer, they ain't going to spend money unless they have to. And so that thing is in there for a reason. I'm not really quite sure. I never really oh. cared why, but it makes it look good. I'm telling you. They, I just know in the end, the corporation is not going to spend money unless they have to. But that just completes the engine. That's why they put it on. There. I'm just telling you, like, how can you take it off? Will it make any difference? No. Doesn't make any difference at all. Well, we probably because you a lot how, of them don't have deadening material on it, a sound deadening. Yeah, material. but a lot of just like the new high f- pressure fuel pumps, they've been wrapping them with foam and then they put the piece of plastic over top or something like that. That's mm-hmm. that's what they're doing to try to deaden the noise. So, and that's, is it, is that, it working? That's, nah, that's well, <laughs> somewhat. They're spending money on it. They must think it's working. <laughs> um, but the function is to do do that and but i mean you can the vehicle will run without it but it looks way nicer with that cover on there well, it looks cleaner because you remember back in the 80s dude you pop a, it was all vacuum oh, lines and wires and that was when we were really tightening up on emissions everywhere and yeah no well we were trying to run everything with solenoids and vacuum lines and everything else crazy going all over it was ridiculous so one of those things for sure very very always always uh um interesting and uh just yeah i just knew like a little brace going from the intake to the uh to the motor block and and sometimes people don't think them or anything but it can cause a vibration remember the old straight six fords <laughs> if you lost if you oh, left well, that because the intake was hanging off the side of it and <laughs> so therefore it would vibrate but you're right without question without question Folks, give us a call, 1-888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Just like Dan, anything automotive-related, we don't care. We'll talk to you about it. If you have questions, uh, anything uh, interesting you want to discuss, or just like the covers on the motor, how important are they? But you're right. You know, some of those cars, like you probably removed, that ones with the deadening material on them, and then the noise probably gets a lot louder. So what happened with that car, I think, is when they engineered it, they finished it, and they drove it around, and the dude was like, hey, this thing makes noise. I think that's... Uh, well, I... Yeah, <laughs> I I think some things, and when they finish up, someone they're just trying. At that point, they're just little things, and they're just trying to get the car out the door. At that point, correct. I mean, it, it, I could say it in a lot longer words, but we don't have time for that. So, <laughs> take it for lot, what it is. Honker words. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about tune-ups, how they relate to vehicles. So really, what it comes down to, and and we mentioned this is is uh, really replacing spark plugs on cars, some some spark plug boots. Some do still have spark plug wires that come from the coil. To, and almost nothing has a distributor anymore. There might be one or two cars out there that do, but most cars do not. 
I know some late model Nissan pickup trucks did. I was trying to think of anything else that I know of that had uh, a distributor cap and rotor. But they don't have any points. There's nothing adjustable in them. A lot of them you can't even set the timing anymore. I don't even know if they run the dummy plugs ones. That, you remember how back in the day they would, because they lost the distributor, so they would still run like a dummy shaft because it actually yeah, but ran that, off the camshaft to the oil pump. But there, Yeah, but there was no distributor cap or rotor. No, what I meant is I don't even think they do that anymore, though. No, all the everything's changed pretty much, hundred percent, and everything, most everything, is direct. So either either a coil pack or direct over a coil over. And Ford plug. used to use their dummy plug and put their cam sensor on it, and then it would have that you come in and be like squeak 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 because the sensor would start squeaking on it, or or just blow up and blow apart. <laughs> yep, seen plenty of that. Seen plenty of that for sure. Um, but yes, uh, so. A lot of different things on cars, but really what it comes down to is there's minimal maintenance when it comes to tuning a vehicle anymore. So if something's gone haywire, usually it's a sensor that's failed, and you get a check engine light, and the vehicle's not driving properly. So uh, maintenance-wise, you know, replace the spark plugs, replace the air filter when need be, replace the fuel filter if it's replaceable at certain mileage intervals, and that's your tune pretty much, right? Yes. You don't get much more out of it than that. Uh Spark plugs definitely last for longer periods uh, than they used to. Like I said, 30,000 miles used to be. Everything used to be kind of a copper core plug back in the day. Um, now we have, like like we were saying, uh, iridium and platinum and double platinum and all that great stuff. See, it makes me wonder why Chrysler went back to the copper. I mean, what what what, what engineer decided that? I mean, and, and I'm sure he had a good reason for what he did. Well, why did he do it? He's designed that motor and goes, let's go retro. <laughs> That's, uh, but I mean, something happened there where I mean, so, maybe the car wasn't running right, and he was just looking for a better idle or something. I don't know. Gotcha. You never know. Hey, let's grab Karen real quick and home all. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. How are you, ma'am? Um, I'm okay. I'm driving right now, hands free. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, well, put your hands back on the wheel. Don't drive hands free. Well, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I'm just talking about. I didn't touch my cell phone. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Okay, so I have a 2011 Honda CRV. Okay. And it has 85,000 miles on it. And I believe that they used to recommend that the uh, timing belt or chain, whatever it has, uh, get replaced at 90,000. But um, these newer models on the Hondas in the manual, it really doesn't tell you when to do anything anymore. And. Um, so I have two questions. When should I plan on having that done? And two, they always, always say you got to replace the water pump at the same time because if you don't, then uh, it'll cost more to replace it later. And it's close enough to when it would need to be replaced that you should just go ahead and get it done. Okay, let's start with the timing belt first. This this car doesn't have it. That car doesn't have a timing belt. Okay. Uh, Honda has changed on a lot of the, and a lot of manufacturers have some still do, but uh, that vehicle has a timing chain, and we don't worry okay. about timing chains unless something starts to go wrong with them. So there is no maintenance to be done as far as in that area of that um, with the timing okay. chamber belt. So so you don't have to worry about that. What well, I'm sorry, and your second question was on a maintenance item. Were you talking about coolant? Uh, no, I was talking about. The water pump. Oh. When you have the timing chain uh, replaced, they always seem to recommend 
that you get the uh, water pump replaced at the same time. Yeah, so when we used to, and that was with timing belts. Uh, when it was a belt, we'd a lot of cars, the water pump was run by the timing belt. So at that same time we're in there, we placed a water pump. Uh, that And that was a, a smart thing to do. The reason why is two things often happen if you didn't. Uh, uh, one is you put the new belt on and it... Uh, um, the new tensioning of the new belt changes the stress stress pressure on the water pump pulley itself, and then it starts to leak is what would happen. So then you got to spend all the labor to go back in and fix it. So to do it properly, whenever, if you do have a vehicle with timing belt that has a water pump run by a, um, uh, or, or sometimes is behind the timing belt, we recommend to replace it along with it, along with the tensioners and idlers and all the other things that go along with the timing belt. So that is correct. Okay. So. Okay, so I don't have a big expense automatically coming up when I hit 90000 No, ma'am, you do not on that vehicle. Like I said, it is a chain, so you don't need to worry about it. It'll go way past 90,000 miles, and it's not something that we replace for maintenance. Okay, and last question. Sure. So this is not the type of engine that if the timing chain breaks, um, it's going to kill my engine? It probably would if the timing chain breaks, but timing chains don't typically break. So what what okay. will happen with the time and when when this does happen it's usually higher mileage up around 200,000 if one of the guides starts to wear um and the timing chain can't be tensioned properly it won't usually break it'll start making noise you'll end up taking it in somebody'll diagnose and say oh they got it's going to need the chain replaced now so uh, it's not real common for a timing chain to break Okay Okay All right thanks Hey no problem uh-huh. thanks for listening you have a wonderful day and be safe out there all right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Um, so that g- really good question. Really good question for sure. Yeah, timing chains don't normally break. Normally it's the tensioners. <laughs> the tensioner or the guides. Or they do, and usually the chain doesn't break. So then they start rattling and making noise. They start maybe running a little rough. You take it in, we diagnose it, and we say, okay, or got to go in. gets too much slack and it jumps a tooth or <laughs> whatever. But usually that's after it's been making noise for quite a while. Oh, yeah, that doesn't normally... No. So one of those cases, again, where you hear the car drive by, and I think if I was driving around like that, that car would surely be broken if it was mine. But somebody's still driving, and I don't know how. So <laughs> that's where it's important to pay pay attention to the noise that your uh, that your vehicle makes because uh, uh, one of those things that definitely uh, um, make, make a difference and can save you money in the long run as far as that goes. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, right? So, for sure. All right, so we've been talking about, uh, you know, and i got to be honest with you, with Tune Up, just like the questions that Karen asked uh, with her timing belt, uh, as far as, like, replacing spark plugs, follow manufacturer's recommended um, um, intervals. Now, something that I want to want to be very clear on and, and, and mention to folks is, is, is doing things properly are extremely important when you're dealing with a, a, a vehicle as far as that goes. Um, and what I'm talking about is quite a few Fords, like the Ford trucks, the five fours and stuff. If you did not anti-seize and torque the spark plugs properly, you know, you just put them in there and they're not tight enough. They come loose and they rip the threads out of the head, remember? Well, that was also a good reason to replace the plugs on the intervals because it kept you torquing and retorquing them. We- and a little early. Actually, I saw the plugs on those were 100,000 miles, and I usually recommended to do them like 90, 95 is my recommendation, um, which is close to the 100,000. But you get in there early, you get them out, 
you clean all the stuff out of the spark plug wells, uh, and you put new plugs in, and you torque them to factory specs, and they'll go another 90,000 without problems. You over-torque them, you stretch the threads. You under-torque them, they come loose, they bobble around till they yank the threads out. Well, normally, I think that's what it was, is people didn't replace their plugs, and they would just... Let's face it, even if you torque something, because the head... The head is made out of aluminum. The spark plug's made out of steel. So hot, cold, hot, cold, they expand and contract. Different. They're going to loosen up after time anyway. So that's why the best thing you can do is, is before the interval, get it done. That way you don't have no – you don't have to – because you, you can put inserts in those heads, but uh, normally, a lot of times, sometimes the inserts won't hold and you have to pull the head off. So it can be very costly, not just to replace your spark plugs. Very true. Very true. So – just one of those things for sure. Um, let's see here as we're rolling it down. Let's uh let's grab Bruce real quick and Carl's bad. You there, Bruce? I am here. Good morning, Jim. Good good, good uh, morning. You wanted to mention something about the, the, the uh the... Yes, the hood shield, the shield, the engine shield. Yes, sir. Okay, uh I did read uh for what it's worth that it the engines run so hot nowadays it's it's there also to protect the uh, the paint on the hood. Does that make oh, sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think some of them probably have to do with airflow around the motor, too, a bit. I was thinking about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, that does make sense. And it keeps shoving the heat down so it goes out the bottom of the car versus and protects it from the from the hood. It could even be like airstream. Yeah, because, yeah, well, a bit. And that's what I'm saying, okay. airflow. But, yes, uh, you are correct because motors run a lot hotter these days. We're often running engines up 240, 250 degrees in that area. So, yep. and then also you were talking about the uh, fuel injection, and uh, specifically that was uh, came out in the Chevrolet products. All Chevrolets could get them, mm-hmm. including the Corvette, 1957, the 283. And of course, anybody that owns one of those. Uh, and that was well. that was a mechanical fuel injection. Yes, it was. And, yes, sir. And a lot of people took them off because they had so many problems with them. It was hard to keep them adjusted properly, like Kevin said, and you are correct about that. It, it was a struggle, for sure. Uh, okay, yep. and then how about this one? From a former show, you were talking about you like those uh, auto-dimming headlights that all the cars have now, uh, upper-end upper cars. Yep. That's nothing new. That was, uh, a, you would see those on uh, uh, upper-level upper level CADs, like the uh, Eldorado and mm-hmm. Oldsmobile, like the Starfire 98s, in 1953. They gotcha. set up on the left-hand side of the dash, and people always wonder what that odd-looking cube was. Gotcha. Uh, it was called Autronic Eye. Correct, correct. <laughs> hey, Bruce, we're going to have to run. we got like 30 seconds left. Uh, we appreciate you calling in and being a part. San Diego and everybody else out there, we truly appreciate you joining Auto Talk Radio uh, uh, with us this morning, and uh, we look forward to be back next Saturday uh, with you. Um, as always, keep the rubber side down and the shiny side up. And uh, everybody just uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back next Saturday. This has been Auto Talk Radio on The Answer San Diego and K-Praise.
answers to all your automotive questions. Tune in every week at this same time for Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. To learn more about Brian, become a guest or sponsor of the show. Or if you have additional questions, visit thewestautomotivegroup.com. That's thewestautomotivegroup.com. And click on Auto Talk Radio. Join us again next week for more Auto Talk. 